Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, chiropractors, this is Dr. Kevin Christie with another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Today, I'm actually bringing you a recording from our virtual summit that we had back in November. And this is with Shannon Waller of Strategic Coach. And she's going to discuss unique ability advantage. Unique ability, I can't stress enough. You know, as most of you know, I've gone through six years now of Strategic Coach and they talk a lot of different concepts and everything like that. But unique ability is that one where it's been the transformation for me as a chiropractor, as a business owner, and really understanding what excites me about our profession. I think one of the biggest problems we have as chiropractors is we get burnt out. And how do we how do we really negate that burnout? It can be a tough profession. You know, we can it's physical, it's demanding as far as trying to grow a practice. Our days are long. We have to treat patients, do marketing, networking, run a business, pay bills. There's a lot going on. And so how do we prevent that burnout from happening? And and really what it comes down to is focusing on your unique abilities and and honing in on that. And so Shannon's going to discuss that in this presentation that she gave uh, for that virtual summit. And it was specifically for us and for chiropractors and things. And and it's, you know, it's applicable to all kinds of of business owners. But I really want you to listen to this and take notes even, or listen to it a couple times, because this is where you're really going to, I think, find that longevity as a chiropractor. If you can focus on your unique abilities, because it's going to actually give you energy instead of drain your energy. And for me, I've gotten very clear. It's taken me some time, but I've gotten very clear on what my unique abilities are and what I want to focus on. And then that's been kind of that um, lighthouse for me. That's where it attracts me to to get to. And it's, it, you know, it's always a process. But for me, I've narrowed it down to three things. And originally I had it written out as treating patients because as chiropractors, like that's a unique ability. Not many people on the planet can do what we do, right? So that's a unique ability. And then the second one for me was marketing. And then the third one was for me was like business vision, right? But then I kind of realized like, you know, I was a little bit too vague and, and I wanted to distill it down even more. And so recently I've delegated a lot within the treating patients uh, unique ability. And so I only want to focus on exams, biomechanical assessments, and the adjustment. And so I've delegated out a lot of the history and consultation. I've delegated out the soft tissue work, the, the rehab exercises, and all the other ancillary things that we do. And I'm really being able to focus in on that part of treatment. Secondly, it was marketing, right? Like I don't want to do a Facebook ad anymore. I don't want to have to write and send and click through MailChimp to do the email. And so I've delegated out a lot of the marketing mechanics, like kind of the doing it part of it. And now I'm more really focusing on the marketing vision and understanding where I want to go as far as our marketing for our clinics. And I've delegated out all of the other stuff and that's still a work in progress, but we're getting pretty close. And then the third was like business vision. I really wanted to make sure that I had a good support system around me as far as the financial side of business, as far as the growth and the tax. So I've got a team that helps me out a lot with that. So I can just really think of the big picture. And then that's allowed me to focus on, you know, things like this podcast and the Facebook group and going 
to Vegas to speak at Parker and try to help out chiropractors as much as I can. And so getting clear on my unique abilities has been a huge step and then it's been a process to get there. I haven't achieved it yet, but we're getting close. And uh, as we grow, that's the, the fun part about it is when you do focus on your unique abilities, you will grow financially and you'll have more profits to then reinvest into certain things that can help free you up to focus on your unique abilities. And then in turn, you know, not only are you going to see a, a thriving practice, but you're going to have that energy consistently for 30 years if, if need be. So I'm excited for you to listen to this presentation. If you didn't already, when you signed up for the virtual summit, we've got a lot of podcast listeners um, that I know maybe didn't check out the virtual summit, but uh, check this out. Shannon Waller, strategic coach, unique ability advantage. Hi, I'm Shannon Waller with Strategic Coach. I am really excited to share what I think is a first principle of building successful entrepreneurial teams. I have been passionate about building entrepreneurial teams since I started the Strategic Coach team programs in 1995. You know, I hear a lot of issues from, from entrepreneurs about, oh, how do I put together a great team? Uh, oftentimes, you know, I know that team members don't really understand their entrepreneurs, and it's been my mission in life as to how do I help bridge that gap. And today, I'm really excited because unique ability is one of those things, once you know it, once you know what to look for, once you know how it works, you all of a sudden see a whole new level of opportunity for yourself that you may have never seen for your clinic before and for yourself. So in terms of looking at unique ability and why this is useful for you, I want you to think about your bigger future. What are you growing towards? What are you looking for? What are your aspirations? What are you ambitious about? Because if your goal is to simply be busy, you probably already succeeded with that. You're probably quite busy as it is. But if you want something more, then that's when unique ability comes in. So imagine that you want to hire an associate. Imagine that you want a stronger team. Imagine that you want a bigger location. Perhaps you want to open new locations. Perhaps you want more time for training so you can bring new services and capabilities to your patients. You know, how are you going to do that if you keep doing everything that you're doing right now? You're too full. So unique ability, when, when we talk about it, when I define it, will really help you get clear on the essence of what you love to do and are best at. That really is the simplest definition of unique ability. So if you think about what is at the core of everything you do, so if you take a look at all of your activities, what are those things, again, that you are really, really good at? And that's not just your ego talking. That's, you know, other people saying that as well, that you also have a passion for. Now, I know lots of practitioners, some of whom are really you know, passionate about the work, others are passionate about the business side of it, others are passionate about impact. There's no right or wrong, you know, but really what is your particular passion? What is unique to you in that conversation? The two other elements of unique ability that are crucial to know about is one is it always gives you energy. In other words, when you come in the morning, you'd be like, okay, I feel pretty good. At the end of the day, you're excited. You're jazzed. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, if, <laughs> if I could work till all hours, I would because it's so much fun. And so those activities, those, those conversations that, you know, those things that you're exploring, the things that you're really interested in that you're also good at and that you also, again, love to do, you know, what they, they fuel you as opposed to depleting you, they actually give you energy. That's the third aspect of unique ability. And then the fourth one is you always see room to get better. 
you can always see room for improvement. And there's a little bit of a paradox there for most people because we assume that if we can get better, then we mustn't be very good. And the truth is, people who are really don't care about something only get to a certain level of capability and they don't grow any further. So people, it's only people who are passionate about it and have a, a level of skill to begin with that actually get really, really, really good. And it's again because they bring so much more to it. They're always curious. They always want to know, know more. So those, those four aspects of unique ability, so you're really, really good at it, you love it, it gives you energy, and you can always see room for improvement, that's unique ability. So as we go through this presentation, I'm going to talk about how you can figure it out, how you can design a, design a team around you of other unique abilities to help you get where you're going, and then a model at the end that can really just simplify the whole thing down to a couple, couple words that I think you'll be able to take away with you to really help design your entire future in terms of how you can have a much bigger, more successful, more freed up future to do exactly what it is that you want to do. Before we get into some distinctions about unique ability, let's talk about some unique ability guidelines. This is really a context around how to think about unique ability. So number one is, this is true of you in all areas of your life, not just business. So for example, maybe you're someone who's always been really good at putting other people at ease. You know, when new patients come in, you know, you're always the one to allay their fears. You're always the one to really clearly explain things. Now you may have been, you know, putting people at ease and explaining things since you were little. Because your unique ability goes along with you, it applies to so many different situations, to different activities, and to opportunities. So when you are at your best, you'll do that again in a, whole, in a whole bunch of different areas. And it's really fun, I find, to go, oh, look at that, I'm doing my unique ability right now. And it can be in very, very different circumstances, but still my unique ability. Number three is that it's factory installed. You have been doing this since you were a child. If you, if you were a good listener then, you're probably a good listener now. If you're always focused on the newest, most, most innovative ways of doing things, that was true when you were small, it's true now. So I love that you, it's actually this continuous talent that you've had, again, paid attention to or not, that we consider to be factory installed. Now, number four is really interesting. It may not seem that exciting or that special to you because it comes so naturally to you. You've always done it this way. In fact, you may wonder, doesn't everybody do this? Now, if you really pay attention, you'll go, oh, no, they don't, <laughs> which is really kind of fun because it highlights how other people have other unique abilities that you don't. But really, those, those things that we can do without thinking about them, they're just automatic in terms of how we approach a situation, how we bring out the best in ourselves, how we bring out the best in other people, again, how we approach things. This is, you know, this is how you're put together. And be, just because it's natural for you doesn't mean it's not exciting or not special. So learn to pay attention to those unique distinctions. And I think you'll find it a great source of inspiration and happiness when you get to be your best. Number five, because it comes so naturally to you, others may in fact recognize it about you before you recognize it in yourself. In our unique ability process, which has a few steps to it, number one is actually to send out a letter asking other people, what do you see as being my unique ability? Feel free to reciprocate if you're so inclined. Please don't ask people what are your non-unique abilities. You probably already know what those are. Uh, but when you get back letters from completely different, different people in different areas of your life that say the same thing, 
all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm not that mysterious to other people as I thought. They do recognize my essence and what is most true of me. Uh, but give them the opportunity to do that. It provides a mirror, and if you're ever having a bad day, those letters are phenomenal to pull out because it will reinforce you again at your best. Number six is one of my very favorite things about unique ability, and that is that it, it evolves. Your unique ability evolves and gets better the more that you apply it. You start to realize, oh, I can use it in this situation, but not so much in that situation. You get a lot choosier about with whom you spend your time. You know, you'll start to determine who really is in fact the right audience for your unique ability. Who's gonna clap? Who's gonna pay you? Who's gonna, who's gonna challenge you and help you grow? That's who you want to be around. And I like using that term audience because we all like to do our very best work in, in front of people who actually appreciate it. So getting really clear on refinements, uh, on, on who you want to do it for and with. The other part of it is sometimes that you, you'll get better. You get much more skilled. You know, your passion will refine. You'll love certain aspects and, and not so much others. So it gets more and more and more focused and more and more and more concentrated. And that's in because also therefore it becomes much more powerful. So when it's all diffused and all over the place, it's good. <laughs> but when you actually spend some time and attention and build up your capabilities, look out. It's kind of amazing what a, what a really powerful, unique ability is. I want you to think about athletes and entertainers. These are people we pay large sums of money to watch work. And it's because they're really, really good at what they do and they love it. And they're always getting better, hopefully. And so if you think about it, that's, that's how we look at you. That's kind of the unique ability mindset that you wanna have is that this is something to focus on and develop. The more you apply it, uh, the better you'll get. And, and almost the more challenging circumstances you wanna take on because you know with, with simpler versions of, of problems you used to solve, it's like, oh, I've been there done that, got the t-shirt, but now you want something that's more interesting. You want to go bigger. You want to have more impact. And that's the evolution that you can look forward to. So let's talk about how you can figure out what in fact your unique ability is. Let's take a look at your whole lifetime of activities. If you think about it, there's a lot that you've tried. There's a lot that you've done. Well, some of those things, if we were to put them on a big list, you realize, hmm, I'm actually incompetent. And that's not a bad word. <laughs> It's actually just an accurate description because when you put in the time and effort, you do not get the result. There's fear, frustration, conflict, stress. You don't like these activities because you're not any good at them. Think about those things that drain you, that irritate you, that make you grumpy with other people. Those are things that you are frankly not good at. Or also it's those things you procrastinate on so long that it creates a mess. Technically, you may be okay at them if you were to do them, but you put them off so long that you actually just don't do them. Those, those are things that also fit on your incompetent list. Now, the next type of activity, and this is one you'll be very familiar with, is a competent activity. Competent is when you are okay. You reach minimum standard. You are adequate. However, if you especially, and I've done this with a number of different activities, especially anything to do with administration, follow through or paperwork is that I can with a lot of effort and training and time I can get adequate I can get okay but I actually don't have enough passion or mental energy or I just don't care enough there's other things I'd rather be doing thank you very much uh, so I just don't get any better so that's how I think about competent activities 
and, and certain are things you actually just need to be competent. You probably need to be, you know, competent with some of your marketing. You need to be competent with reading your financial statements. There are certain competencies that are just good to know if you're going to stay in business and have decent cash flow. Uh, but beyond a certain level of competencies, you don't actually need to invest that much more in them. And in fact, as we build on this unique ability and unique ability team concept, you can find other people who have an excellent or even unique ability in that in that area that you don't. So again, sometimes you just, you're just okay and that's fine. But if you're if you're putting a team together, you want a team who's more than definitely more than competent. So the third type of activity is excellent, and you'll notice that the circles are getting smaller for a reason. There are fewer activities at which we are excellent, and these are activities at which you have superior skill. You are better at them than most people. Again, other people agree with that, not just you. Uh, and you're really good at them. You get a great reputation. However, you have no passion. You don't love it. You might like it, but you don't love it. And what I know with a lot of entrepreneurs, including in healthcare, is that when you only do your excellent activities, it's not necessarily burnout, but it's brownout. The idea of keeping doing these same things in the same way you've always been doing them is kind of like, ugh. It just kind of pulls down your energy and you, and you lose excitement, you lose passion for the future, and that's not fun. So excellence, not bad. If I had a choice over excellent compared to competent or incompetent, I will choose excellent every day, but it doesn't stop there. Finally, we're at the unique ability activities. Again, the smallest circle, the most concentrated, the fewest number of activities fit into this criteria. So as I talked about at the beginning, these are things at which you have superior skill and passion. You love it. Your eyes light up when you're doing it. You, it also gives you energy. It fuels you. You get more excited and energized at the end of the day than when you started. And you can always see room for improvement and ways to get better. This is the goal. Now, it's a bit of an ideal. I don't know anyone, including us <laughs> at Strategic Coach, who do unique ability all the time, but you can get pretty, you can get pretty high up the percentage numbers with this. And the point here is that you want to really spend as much time as you can in unique ability and excellent and really start to get rid of anything in your incompetent list and, and even competent, because competent is no fun. Being adequate, reaching minimum standard, that means there's other people who, who can do it as well as you can. That competent leads to competition. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd rather just win. <laughs> and I'd rather doing that what I'm excellent and unique at. And what's really fun with this, con with this particular way of thinking about things is once you figure out what you are really unique at and what you love to do, and we'll give you some ideas for how to, how to figure that out again in an exercise format at the end, is it's like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to just do those things, those fewer activities, I want to be surrounded by people who are unique in all of the areas that I'm not. So if you've been struggling with delegation, if you've been wondering, is it worth the investment? You know, team members are costs, right? And, and how do I think about this? I want you to really appreciate that when you leverage your unique ability and when you leverage it with other people who are just as good in their area as you would are in yours, it frees up enormous creativity, enormous energy. And in our experience, when people are freed up to do their unique ability, they are even more successful. Unique ability teamwork pays for itself. You are freed up to take advantage of those new opportunities, to put in place those new, you know, creative treatments for you that you know are going to help your patients. You know that you've got, you know, time freed up to figure out your expansion plans. You know, you actually get to do more of what you're best at that people are willing to pay the most for. So this, this makes really good business sense, although it may not be the thinking that you were trained in. So we want to add this refinement to what you're already really, really good at and help you declutter, get rid of those things that you're not so great at and don't enjoy, and be really freed up to do 
probably why you got into practice and into business in the first place. Before you are actually able to construct or to build or design a Nucability team though, most people have to undergo a mindset shift. They have to shift from thinking of themselves as being a rugged individual, where the motto is, I can do it better myself, raise your hand if you've ever thought that, to Nucability teamwork, which is we can do it better together. And that is a very, very different way of thinking. And it really, it requires that you see that you are a specialist in a very few types of activities that you are really passionate about and, and have superior skill at. You'd love to do them. And you want to be surrounded by people who are just as talented and skilled in their, their areas as you are in yours. But that takes a fair bit of self-awareness on your part and then also on other people's part and a willingness to let go. Let go of certain of activities that you have always hung on to. A willingness to really acknowledge and appreciate and look for other people's talents. And that's a whole different way of working. Now, to make unique ability teamwork, there are four things that are really important. Clear-cut results clear-cut processes, clear communication, and of course, unique ability. So let's talk about those four things in a little bit more detail. So clear-cut results means being really, really clear with people and having other people be clear with you in terms of what does it look like when it's done and done well. You know, what does a great patient visit look like? What does it look like when, you, when they go to your website? You know, what are, what are the financial results that you're trying to accomplish? Be really clear on what you want and coach other people to get clear on what they want too because you're not the only person who's putting in place improvements and, and ways of doing things better in your business. Number two is clear-cut processes. And if you're at all like me, processes is not where you go first, although some people do. And so you want to lay out what is the best way to get something done. What is, the, what is the process that you want people to follow? And if other people have improvements you haven't thought of, great. Incorporate those. And together, really work out what is the best process by which to do things. Now, clear communication is critical. And what I've learned is we don't all mean the same thing, even though we use the same words. So being curious, asking questions, listening generously is something we've learned from something called collaborative way. You know, really being, you know, making clear and direct requests and not wondering, not making assumptions because those don't work very well and, and being specific and listening and being willing to answer questions is another key part of that. So clear communication is essential. And of course, you really just can't have unique ability teamwork unless you also have people who are doing what they're best at, what they most love to do and what gives them energy. Why you want unique ability teamwork is so that you can break through what we call the ceiling of complexity. If that's that plateau, you probably felt yourself bouncing against that for a little while. And it's challenging because you, you see how you now have the skills and the talents and maybe even the team to do more, to be more, to get more. And yet you can't quite figure out how to break through. Well, unique ability teamwork is the way to do that. Sometimes there's a little bit of a transition between being in that rugged individual, because there really is a ceiling at which you, know, you will hit if that's how you are doing things. Uh, and you know that you need more, you know you have a bigger ambition, but, and you may have even hired the, hired the staff, hired the team, but because you know, you're still doing the work and they'll still learning, it feels like a period of crisis. And sometimes it kind of is. Uh, but at the same time, if you just know, if you hang in there and take a look at this bigger picture, then you'll really appreciate the fact that when you get the right people 
on the bus, when you get the right people in the right seats, that all of a sudden it will you will pop through. So just I kind of just want to encourage you to stick stick to the course, you know, stick with the plan, and then you will be able with clear cut results, clear processes, clear communication, and unique ability, be able to re- break through that ceiling of complexity to your next level of success. When you're building your unique ability team, you want to take a very clear analysis of yourself and to break it out into two really simple terms. What do you consider to be your strengths and what do you consider to be your weaknesses? And what you want to do is you want to delegate those things that you would consider to be a weakness. And again, a weakness is not something you should try and fix. I mean, frankly, we're not all good at everything. And if you were, you wouldn't be able to specialize in your unique ability. So it's perfectly appropriate to have some things that are just not, that are non-strengths if you'd rather put it that way. So what you wanna do here is really push out those things that are not your strengths so that you can reinforce the things you are really, really good at. And then you wanna find people who are really strong in the areas that you're not. So this is another way to think about your teamwork. And what happens is you end up with this really, really strong team of people who are just working in their strengths. Can you imagine? What if all of your weaknesses were covered off by other people and all their weaknesses were covered off by you or others? That's a very powerful team. Imagine just things don't fall through the cracks. Those frustrations go away. No one's doing something they're not good at or bad at. Because if people are doing their weaknesses, if you're doing anything you're incompetent at, if anyone on your team is doing something they're incompetent at, they are costing you money. It is taking a long time and they're not getting the result. That's not the way to run a profitable business in any field. So you really want to be conscientious about this and say, what are your strengths and let's play to them and have all of you doing that. And then you end up with this team that just does better, is better, grows better than anyone else around you, which is just kind of satisfying. So let's get into the nitty gritty of unique ability teamwork. And I've given this a lot of thought. I've been working with entrepreneurs and their teams since 1995. So this is a long time to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So if you want to think about any project, even your company as a whole, as really running a race. And I don't know about you, but if I'm running a race, I prefer to win. Uh, And most times, if you look at how things are being done in a particular business or in a particular process, you know, for the person who's unique at it, you know, if that's you, you're, you know, doing a great job and you're getting to your, you know, if this is a relay race, then you're passing the baton effectively. Uh, But then if you pass it to someone who's only excellent or competent, they'll slow down, it's not as fast. They pass it to someone who's incompetent, again, in certain activities, this could even be you, uh, the baton gets dropped. That's not a very successful way to win a race, you know, and if it happens to be a race through the woods and they may be off amongst the trees, in the pond, what have you, uh, and it's a very slow, meandering, and unsuccessful race. And I, I do like to put business in these terms. And so here's, here's some of the issues that I see. And again, we talked about a clear-cut process, you know, clear-cut results, clear communication, and unique ability. So here's what this looks like. Imagine for a moment that you have a baton. <laughs> and you go to pass it to someone who is in fact incompetent. What happens when you pass that person? Well, first of all, they look slightly terrified because they don't quite know what to do. They're not sure how to do it right. They don't have the mental energy. They're distracted by something else and they drop the baton. And if your response is like most people, you get really frustrated really, really fast. That's one scenario. Now, if you were to pass it to someone who's competent, they're adequate, they're okay, but they really don't have a lot of energy, not a lot of velocity, they're not running real fast, they're probably strolling. You know, this is, this is how that looks. Again, frustrating, especially if you're 
on a timeline and you want to get stuff done. So that's frustrating. Then you pass it to someone who's excellent. Now this person has superior skill. They're better at it than most people, but again, they don't love it. So they're going to take it on. They'll probably run at a decent speed, but again, with that heart, with that passion that you're looking for, not so much, but again, I'll take that over the other two alternatives. And then finally, you're able to pass the baton to someone who's unique at it, or they're passing it to you in your area of unique ability. And the person's response is, me, I get to do this. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then they run like the wind. That's how to win the race. And that's what you want to do. So we make sure you have the right person in the right place in the race. So, you know, if you think about the rules of a relay race, they are have the right runner in the right place in the race and don't drop the baton. What I've discovered is that when someone's incompetent in one particular role, they could be unique somewhere else. So before you think that, okay, that person's just incompetent in everything, find out what they're really, really good at, find out what they're passionate for. And more often than not, there is a spot in your organization where they can really shine. It's putting people where they don't belong, the wrong place that actually leads to lack of success. Now let's talk about passing the baton. And I said, the second rule of a relay race is don't drop the baton. Uh, and we have a lot to do with the success of that, often because we're the ones who initiate this. Uh, so one of the things I've discovered is some people have what I call a death grip on the baton. So, uh, you know, you, you go to hand something over to the other person, but you never actually let go. You never give them the full authority or responsibility for that task. So they try and take it, but you're hanging on for dear life. And this is, this is, these are habits left over from being a rugged individual. So the death grip is one thing that really can, can prevent unique ability teamwork. Uh, the next one is kind of the opposite. I call this the drive-by delegation. And this is instead of having a death grip, you simply toss it. Like, here, do this. As you are running by, sometimes literally, the person's like, <sighs> sometimes they catch it, sometimes they don't. So raise your hand if you've been guilty of a drive-by delegation. The person may not have the expertise. They may not be sure if they're going to do it right. They're kind of like, eh, they're not around to ask any questions. What can I do? Uh, the drive-by delegation is a frequent thing that I hear about from team members about their entrepreneur. So please don't be guilty of the drive-by delegation. The other thing that I see a lot is the person has a fantastic team. They are all in their unique ability, but you are still doing it all yourself. And frankly, they get pretty frustrated. You're at the end of the race kind of exhausted because you've done all the work and they're kind of like, what about me? I didn't get a chance to contribute. And they really want to. And you may be thinking like, oh, I don't want to ask or I'm not sure if anyone else, how can anyone possibly like doing the things I don't? The truth is, that's what their unique ability is. They love it. They get excited by things that you don't, trust me. Uh, and so they get really frustrated when they're not actually given an opportunity to do what they love to do and are best at. And so don't let this be you. If you've got really talented, capable people, let them do what they're there to do. Finally, we have the good handoff. This is when you're really clear. It's like, okay, this is this step of the process. I'm handing it over to you now. Here's the timeline. Here's what I'm expecting. Here's what it should look like when it's done and done well. Here are my expectations. One of the things we talk about is, you know, here's what it looks like if it's a win and here's what it looks like if it doesn't. So we give the best and the worst case scenario. Also, let people know what your success criteria are. Now, if you don't have a hidden agenda in your head and then get mad at the end when people don't do that, but you never told them. So be really, really clear with them on what success looks like and 
per Gallup, Gallup said one of the, when they did a study, determined that one of the most frustrating things for team members was not knowing what's expected of them. If you are really clear on what a win looks like and what a failure looks like and be really clear again on your success criteria, you'll be far, <laughs> far, far ahead of most people who are delegating to team members. It will put you in the top percentile of great leaders and great managers. So we've been talking about unique ability, we've been talking about unique ability activities, we've been talking about unique ability teamwork, we've been talking about good, great handoffs so that you can win the race where everyone runs like the wind and you, and you succeed and you get the flag. But I, here's a simple model that will really help you know how to take action on this. And I want you to look at, you know, here's you on the left-hand side, and there's what you want to accomplish. As I talked about at the beginning, what's your bigger and better future? What are your goals? What's your big project? What are you excited about? The challenge with most of us is as soon as we set a big goal that we're excited about, immediately we go into, how am I going to do this? And that thought of how, especially how I'm going to do it, is very de-energizing. Because frankly, if we knew how to do it, we would have done it already. You know, we've already accomplished that big result. So how takes us out of the things that we're really already great at and into an area where we probably are at the bottom of the learning curve. We are in very conscious incompetence at that particular level. And we get slowed down, we feel drag, and it's kind of one of the challenges of setting big goals as we immediately fall into this kind of de-energizing trap because we're thinking about how. And there's, a, there's an alternative, however, that is far more energizing and completely in line with unique ability teamwork. And instead of thinking about how, you think about who. Who do you know? Who can you find? Who can you be put in touch with that knows how to do that thing that you don't? And then how can you work with them? You know, how can you engage in unique ability teamwork that will, you know, inspire them? How can they be really clear on what your result is? Do they know that your success criteria? And then they will then go and do the how. And all of a sudden, you get to that bigger and better result without having to do it yourself. I really love this diagram. I really love this picture because it gives you the path to take. It's not the how path for yourself. You know, you, know, you actually want to be freed up to you know, get better at the things that you are passionate about. But in everything else, you need someone else. You need another who, who is great at, again, the how that you don't yet know how to do and that you don't necessarily aren't passionate about learning how to do that. So I want you to think about who's and not how. <laughs> I think that's a, a good way to summarize that. So when you put the kind of who, not how thinking in your mind, it will immediately attune you to unique abilities and unique ability teamwork. And I love this quote from Dan Sullivan, co-founder of Strategic Coach. He says, your eyes only see and your ears only hear what your brain is looking for. So when you are looking for who's, you will other people's unique abilities and you'll start listening for passion. You'll start listening for superior skill. You'll start thinking in those terms. You'll think about yourself that way. You'll look at your team that way. And you'll look at new who's from that same perspective. And all of a sudden, your future gets that much bigger, gets that much better because you don't have to do it all yourself. Are you interested in some other resources to take this thinking a little bit deeper? Because my goal is to leverage you. My goal is to free you up to do those bigger and better things that you're so excited about. So we have a phenomenal knowledge product, quite love it, uh, called Unique Ability 2.0 Discovery. So this is our second version of the Unique Ability book. It references that Unique Ability letter. So the template for the letter, the whole process by which you get feedback and you integrate that, you figure out your 10 best Unique Ability habits. You actually can distill it down to a one sentence statement. 
you do what we call an activity inventory, a list of all of your activities. In fact, I'm going to recommend that you do that at the close of this presentation. And then you also distill those activities and categorize them into whether or not for you consider them to be unique, whether or not they're excellent, whether or not they're competent, and whether or not they're incompetent. And then start looking at, okay, how can I, you know, what do I love to do and want to do more of? What, what drains me? What do I want to do less of? And with those less of items, think, okay, who do I know? <laughs> who can take on that? You know, is there a resource? Even is there a technology? I love the fact that Dan Sullivan talks about technology as automated teamwork, which it really is if you think about it from that, that perspective. And so is there a technology? Are there people? Is there a network that you know? Who do you know who knows people to really leverage you and free you up from those things that frankly are draining you and your business and your success. So you really want to free yourself up. If you also want to encourage your team members to have what I call an entrepreneurial attitude, so they understand your motivation, they understand your drive, you might want to take a look at the Team Success Handbook. And this is a book that I wrote so that you would not have to. Uh, it explains you to them, just so you know. And it really talks about the 12 entrepreneurial attitudes that they need to have to be really successful in working with you. And when they have these attitudes, they'll take initiative, they'll take action, they'll have patience and compassion. Uh, they will learn how to handle strong emotions. Those are that's some of the coaching that we talk about in the book. And it's powerful because you know, not everyone is suited to work with an entrepreneur and you want to find those right fit who's to make sure that, you know, as you're putting together your unique ability team, it's successful in not frustrating. And, and for team members having an entrepreneurial attitude, that's a really, really big part of it. If you and your team want to learn more about Unique Ability, you can go to the Unique Ability website, uniqueability.com, and to download a copy of the slides from today's presentation, go to strategiccoach.com slash go slash chiropractors. I hope this conversation and this presentation has inspired you to really hone in on and find out and discover and identify what your unique ability is. And then also to be excited about surrounding yourself with other unique ability who's who can help you get your bigger and better future. What we know is that it's, it's fantastic with what you've done already, but what, if you can take what you're already really good at and have a passion for and leverage it, so much more is possible for you in terms of your happiness, in terms of your success, and in terms of your impact. So I'm excited for you to figure out what your unique ability is and to be surrounded by a phenomenal team of other people who are really great at everything that you're not so you can accomplish what you're up to. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.